Yes, greetings in the name of Jesus. I was just speaking to someone uh, today about uh, what the Lord will say in the last days. The Bible says in the last days in the book of Matthew 25, you will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a little, and I will appoint you over much. And in there, he says, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. And I was in prison, and you visited me. And I was sick, and you came to me. And I was naked, and you clothed me. And then the person said, Lord, when did we do this to you? And the Lord said, when you did this to the least of these, my brethren, or to the least of these, my, my children, then you did it unto me. This uh, conversation was motivated by when I visited another apostle and his uh, brother's daughter was busy with food and she said to me, can I offer you a plate of food? I said, yes, that would be welcome. And when she gave it to me, I told her what the scripture said. The scripture says that if you give to someone a plate of food, or if you give to someone just a cup of water or a glass of water, and that person is a righteous person, you, the giver of the water or the food, will receive the reward of the righteous. If you give to someone a cup of water or food or something, and that person is a prophet, you will receive the reward of a prophet. I remember uh, traveling to church with students from the university. We attended the same church. And when we pulled up at the garage, one of them said to me, can I buy you a power aid? I said that would be welcome. So the young man came back with a power aid and he handed it to me and I said to him the same words. I said, the Bible says if you give to someone just a cup of water and he is righteous, you will receive the reward of the righteous. If that person is a prophet, you will receive the reward of a prophet. So I said, of whatsoever I am, I'm not saying who I am, but I know I'm righteous in God's sight. I have imputed righteousness. I don't have a righteousness of my own, but I have imputed righteousness. That's why the hymn writer said, Christ is my righteousness. I stand complete in Him. So I said, I definitely know that in God's eyes, I have imputed righteousness, so I'm a righteous person in God's sight. So you will definitely receive the reward of the righteous. But if I have the gift of prophecy, or if I have a prophetic ministry, if I'm a prophet, then you will receive the reward of a prophet. We went to church, and after the church, as we gathered in the parking area, this young man came running to me. He said, wow, something happened. This is the first time this happened to me. Someone gave me 100 rand. Before church, he gave me the power aid, and I said, you will receive the reward of the righteous. After church, someone just gave him out of the blue. 100 rand. The same thing happened to the pastor's daughter. As she brought me home from church one day, 
as we neared Kentucky, she said to me, can I, can I buy you a meal at Kentucky? I said, that would be welcome. And she bought me a meal, a great meal. And as she handed it to me, I said to her the same thing, the same words. And I said, if you give to someone something, no matter what, and that person is a righteous person, you will receive the reward of the righteous. It's in the Bible. If you give to someone something and that person a prophet, you receive the reward of a prophet. After a while, when I met her again, she said to me, do you know what? She works, she's got a high-level job. She said to me, do you know what? Someone came and gave me a 500 rand out of the blue. Then after a while, another person came and gave me a 500 rand out of the blue. You see, the Bible also says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken in, overflowing, shall men give back unto you. That's in Luke 6, 38. Now, that says to me that the Bible is true. There's people who wonder if the, if the Word of God is true. Like in times like these, in this time of the coronavirus and the lockdown, and people are praying for healing and solutions, but it seems God is not listening or is not answering. That is not the issue. Is God real? Yes, He is real. If you look around you, Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament the work of His hands. You can see God's footprint everywhere. <laughs> you can see evidence of His power and His majesty and His greatness. It is said that, that, that the earth hangs on nothing. The earth is not standing on a pedestal, nor is the earth hanging on a chain. It's just there, suspended on nothing. How great is our God. Now, okay, you may not believe that or accept that which I'm sharing, but you've got to believe my testimony because I experienced that the word of God is true. He says, give, it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken and overflowing. It's in the Bible. That young man and that young lady gave and it was given back to them. That wasn't all. One of the students that was traveling with us when he heard the testimony that this young man after he bought me the power aid, he was blessed with 100 rand. The other one decided the next week when we went to church, we stopped at the garage again. The other one, he jumped out and he said, can I buy you two power aids? And he bought me two power aids. And when he gave it to me, I said, yes. The Bible says if you give to someone and that person is righteous, you will receive the reward of the righteous. If they give to someone and that person is a prophet, you receive the reward of the prophet. Now this young man, he was studying at university, but he was also a professional bass guitarist. So he came to me one day and he said to me, you know what, since I bought you those power aids, since I've been giving unto you, I received calls from the recording studio. They asked me to play in their gigs, in their recording studio. And they paid me 480 rand an hour for every gig. He said, up till then he has received four gigs. It means for four hours at different times he played and he, 
and he generated 400 and he linked that to his giving to me. He said, since I gave to you, these blessings has been coming on, on me. So what does that say? It means the Bible is true. The word of God is true. This is what we're saying here today. I'm not soliciting you for funds or, or motivating you to give to me. I'm saying to you that the word of God is true. It says, give it shall be given unto you. Good means of present unshaken and overflowing. Shall men give back unto you. If you give to someone something and he's righteous, you receive the reward of the righteous. If that person is a prophet, you receive the reward of the prophet. But even if the person isn't a prophet or whatever and you give, the principle of giving will come into action and it will give, give, be given back unto you. So, is, by the same token, if you forgive people, other people will forgive you. But if you hold a grudge against people, other people will hold a grudge against you. Or continue to hold a grudge against you. Because what you sow, you're going to reap. The Bible says, with the measure that you measure, it will be measured back unto you. The Bible says, release and you shall be released. In other words, release the people. Stop holding things against people. And there's a saying that says, He will show you whom to forgive in order to get your anointing back. So sometimes people have been on fire, dynamic, vibrant preachers or worshippers or musicians, and all of a sudden they find they're not that fiery anymore. They haven't got that fervency anymore. Or they're not as dynamic anymore. And they also wonder, what's happening to me? Lord, have you, have you departed from me? Or have you taken back your anointing? No. It is because you did not forgive your enemies. You are keeping a record of the wrong that people did against you. 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love does not keep a record of the wrong. <laughs> when I was in America, the pastor said, Some people don't keep a record of the wrong. They have a filing cabinet full of the wrong that people did to them. So whilst you are keeping a filing cabinet of everything people did against you. God is not forgiving you because Matthew 6 says, this is how you must pray. The disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he said, this is how you must pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thine kingdom come. Thine will be done. On earth, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses. And then Jesus stopped there. He said for if you. He stopped there before continuing and completing the Lord's prayer. He said. For if you do not forgive men their trespasses. Then your father in heaven won't forgive you your trespasses. He's saying. That if you do not forgive other people what they did against you God won't forgive your sins when you ask him to forgive you you see so in other words forgiveness is conditional God forgives you on the condition that you forgive others so don't say I forgive but I won't forget forgive and forget let it go let it roll don't talk about it don't mention it don't say, I've forgiven that person, but he or she did this, that, and the other. You are keeping that wall in place between you and God. 
You can read about it if you don't believe me. It is in Matthew chapter 6 where the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. So he said, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So if you praying the Lord's prayer, the Our Father, and you have prayed those words, forgive me my trespasses as I forgive others their trespasses, and you don't do that, then you're praying a lie. If you're saying, as I forgive others their trespasses, you are praying a lie. So, the word of God is true, beloved. I just want to tell you. So, I'm continuing with the, with the initial thought, and so, this lady gave me a plate of food, and I said to her, you will receive the reward. If I'm a righteous person, you'll receive that reward. If I'm a prophet, hallelujah, you will receive the reward of a prophet. And then I spoke about fasting because I believe in fasting. I said, we also believe in fasting. I used to fast four days, four days a week without eating anything or drinking any water. I'm not saying you must do the same thing. Everybody's system isn't the same. Maybe on medication. So you've got to eat something or drink something. You've got to drink water to lubricate your system if you're going to go on a long fast. You've got to eat something if you're on medication. So I'm not judging you if you eat. I'm not judging you if you uh, uh, drink water. There's different kind of fasts. I used to fast when I worked at the place and there was a lot of temptation. I used to fast from the morning until after lunch. Not the whole day. Every day I would fast from the morning till after. It means I didn't take tea, a tea break where I didn't eat anything lunchtime. So it doesn't matter how long you fast. If you're going to say you're going to fast one meal, every night you're going to fast by sacrificing your supper, that also is a reward. You see, it's as you believe. God doesn't judge you. God didn't say you must fast 30 days or 40 days. You must fast 7 days. You must fast 1 day. You must. He just said fasting is good. Fasting does a lot. It's good for your health. But fast also mortifies the flesh. It makes your flesh weak. If you feel that you're facing temptation and you cannot resist temptation, then you can go into a fast. Some people fast on, on Fridays. Uh, because uh, uh, they said that was the day the Lord was crucified, so they deemed that as a day of victory. But according to Romans 8, every day is a day of victory for us. I'm not judging that person. Every day is a day of victory for us, because he says in all these things, hallelujah, we are more than conquerors. Why? Because he says the battle is not yours, the battle belongs to the Lord. That is recorded in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13 and 14 where the Israelites, after they were led out of Egypt by Moses, and they came to the Red Sea, there was, seemed to be no way through or no way out. And they saw the Egyptians coming down fast and hard. They're going to be cornered and destroyed now. They panicked and said, Moses, did you bring us here to die here in the desert? He said, no, just stand still and behold the salvation of the Lord, because the battle is not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. So, beloved, because God is fighting our battles for us. He is the warlord of Israel. 
He is our shield. He is our hiding place. He is our warrior. He is the Lion of Judah. He turned around for nothing. Hallelujah. So he says in all these things we are more than conquerors. But I know a man who made a mistake in life. And this man decided that for 30 days, yes, God does forgive you uh, on the basis of the shed blood of Christ. But he decided for 30 days, every night he's going to sacrifice his supper. That's the kind of fast he went into. So he went into that fast and after 30 days, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. And the angel said, the Lord says, he has been forgiven a long time, but then the Lord showed him great visions, what is going to happen in the city and in, in the country. And great things the Lord used him mightily afterwards. So it means it doesn't matter how you fast, if you want to fast half a day, if you want to fast one day, if you want to fast a month. I know a, a Brother Lawrence, he fasts 30 days every so often. And then I know believers uh, who fast uh, at the beginning of the year for 30 days every year in the beginning. Um, and some people fast for 40 days. So we're going to judge one another. But then I'm not condemning fasting. I believe in fasting because the Bible says demons won't go out. He says the disciples couldn't cast out a demon. And then... <laughs> They said, why not? And the Lord said, this kind does not go out except by fasting and prayer. So what the Lord is saying, if you want to cast out demons, you've got to fast. But you must not just fast, you must fast and pray. Amen. I would say fast and pray and meditate on the word of God. Listen to spiritual gospel songs and, and, and speak to Because I was saying to this person, sometimes we fast, but we still gossip. Sometimes we fast, but we still tell lies. Sometimes we fast, but we still steal. Sometimes we fast, but we're still holding a grudge against someone. So in that case, the fast is neutralized. And then I'm coming back to the initial reason why I spoke on these things was when the lady gave me a plate of food. And I said to the lady, this is what the Lord said in, in the book of Matthew, chapter 24 and 25. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Great is your reward. You were faithful in a little. I'll appoint you over much. For I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was naked and you gave me a piece of clothing. I didn't have a place to stay and you provided me shelter. I was in prison and you came to me. I was sick and you visited me. And then in Isaiah 58 it says, this is my favorite scripture. He says, is that this not the fast that I choose? Now remember, I'm not pushing aside or, or judging, condemning that fast. That fast is necessary. That fast, abstaining from food, is necessary if you want to win souls. It's necessary if you want to cast out demons. It's necessary if you want to fast for a breakthrough, personal breakthrough. But in addition to that fast, this is the fast. You must fast both, both fasts. In addition to that fast, abstaining from food. Fast the fast of Isaiah 58. And if you cannot abstain from food, 
do that fast. You can fast this kind of fast every day, the fast of Isaiah 58, the fast of righteousness. And he said, is this not the fast that I choose, that you break your bread for him who's hungry? That you give clothes to him who's naked. That you do not hide yourself from your own flesh. That you care for the widow and the orphan, the poor and the needy. He says, if you do this kind of thing, care for people. Give them food, give them clothing, give them shelter. Take care of the widow and the orphan and the aged. He says, then the glory of the Lord will rise up above you. You will cry to the Lord and say, here I am, my child. It means the Lord will give you great success and a major breakthrough. So may the Lord bless you. I'm sharing this because it's relevant, it's pertinent, it's bubbling up in my heart. It's a message that came out of my mouth just uh, about almost half an hour ago. But the Lord bless you and keep you and cause His face to shine upon you. Remember Psalm 91. That if you have made the Lord God Almighty your refuge, you will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It means if you have been putting your trust in God, seeking refuge in Him and by Him, it means when, when trouble comes, He'll cover you with His wings. That's why there's a, a song that said, Cover me, my Lord. And also remember that He is your hiding place. You're in my hiding place. Remember Colossians 3, 3 says, for our lives are hid with Christ in God. And Afrikaans said, Onse lewe is saam met Christus verborge in God. The Lord bless you in Jesus name. Amen.